You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Late Tea Time, the golf betting podcast that finds the best betting value closer to the first shot being struck than anyone else. Always gamble responsibly. Visit BeGambleAware.org for more information. Welcome again to the Late Tea Time pod. We were all so full of the joys of spring. The Masters was coming. We were looking forward to doing four podcasts. We were going to do the videos. We were going to do everything. And then COVID struck. Both myself and Mr. Tyndall got struck down by COVID. So thank you very much for listening to the podcast during those, uh, well, three out of the four days. And, uh, well, hopefully it's business as uh, usual or normal from here on. Dave Tyndall, good to see you. How are you? (laughs) Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, Actually means something this time, doesn't it, when you ask it? I've just... Been outside for the first time in about six days. Oh, it felt weird. It's strange. I watched a lot of the Masters, but basically from bed, and I was kind of like dozing in and out of it, to be honest. All right. Good. It was good. Um, I mean, Rory back, Rory roaring back, and uh, Scotty Scheffler, who I passed off as being as a bit of an also run in the uh, in the preview podcast to the Masters, was far from it, wasn't he? Yeah, it was brilliant. The, uh, if ever, you know, it needed validated that going into Augusta with good form is a uh, good recipe for success. That was it, wasn't it? The most informed golfer on the planet. And probably his main rival was the other most informed golfer on the planet in Cameron Smith. So, you know, at the times I just think, oh, it was so obvious, wasn't it? It was there to, why did do all this funny research when all you need to do is, who's informed? Pick those two. Yes, sometimes we do all this finding the value, finding the betting value, and it's actually there staring you in the face, isn't it? Um, the, the, I mean, Tiger was a man that we talked about quite a lot during the uh, the pods, and it was, I mean, he was limping around by the end of it, wasn't he? Bless him, but it was great to see him back, got through four rounds, and I'm glad we kind of avoided those markets because we were kind of we were tempted to oppose him. And to be fair, he, he made the cut and he did okay, didn't he? Yeah, the star. Yeah, I didn't want to get involved with. Uh making any rush predictions. Um, but it was fantastic to see him break par in that first round back, you know, when others like Justin Thomas were shooting 76 and stuff like that. It was incredible. This shows that he is amazing. Although we did oppose him. We did actually oppose him on the last day. I, I do confess to to um, putting him in as part of a, um, a four bob. In hindsight, that was a, John Rahm was four to six to beat Tiger. And by that stage, Tiger was literally hauling himself around it. On the Saturday night when the Cara, whatever her name is, Cara Banks interviewed, is that her name? Interviewed him. She, he saw him just sort of walk off set and it was just like, oh, he looks, he can barely walk. Yeah. And, and I know that's a bit harsh to then think, oh, back John Rahm. But we are back in John Rahm. That four to six, I thought should have been one to three or something. It was an incredible price. Yeah, we got a bit unlucky because on the Saturday, we got two out of three in the three balls. On the Sunday, we got three out of four. So we were close, but not quite. 
close but no cigar, as they say. I mean, Tiger looked as if he was actually proud as punch of himself for getting around the oh, four rounds. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but yeah, good to see him back. And he's promised to St Andrews at uh, the very least in the future. So it'd be good to see him come across to uh, Scotland and play in the open. This is Late Tea Time. The last word in golf betting with James Butler and Dave Tyndall. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Today, we are looking ahead to the RBC Heritage um, events. I'll run you through the uh, top end of the market. Justin Thomas, who did okay at the Masters, he's 11 to 1. Patrick Cantlay is 14 to 1. Shane Lowry, 16s. Daniel Berger, 18s. Corey Connors is 18. Russell Henley is in there at 20s. You've got Tyrrell Hatton in there at 22 to 1. Jordan Spieth, 22s. Kevin Kistner, 25. So is Kevin Narbilly Horschel. And the rest are bigger. Dave, when it comes to this one, I mean, I know we've had strategies in the past on this podcast when it was in its previous incarnation of having people that played well after a major. I scanned down the list of runners and riders and there isn't a Stuart Sink in there. So are we going with somebody else on the same vein? Or Well, it, it is a it is a post-majors theory that I'm going to do uh, today. This is, this is Wednesday evening. They've had a few of the players in. Uh, they've had Cameron Smith come in. They've had... Your mate, Colin Marikawa, come in for interview. They've had Patrick Cantlay. I mean, to be honest, they haven't got a lot, an awful lot to say, really, apart the, the the questions are, how tired are you? And they're, yeah, we're pretty mm-hmm. tired. The bookies aren't daft. And if you look at the 72-hole the match bets, which, which is where we're going to go, they have played, paired people off who have done similarly in the Masters. So you could say they've got a similar story and they'll have similar, you know, levels of tiredness or whatever. But I still think there is a couple of, of ways in and that's what I'm going to do because I did think even though he's got a good record here Cameron Smith must be so disheartened by what happened so flat because I, I presume he watched on the final day when he dumped it in the water on 12 when you know he was right there wasn't he he'd it, it, come off that birdie anti on 11 and it yes. was all set up for him to charge back and yeah. it's been a real tussle and it just disappeared straight away yeah dumped one in the water triple bogey even though he didn't completely collapse I still think that's a pretty tough week for him to respond to. He's up against Dustin Johnson, who did okay at the Masters, but he was never in the same position as Smith was. He didn't he didn't leave with that same level of oh regret what might have been. Uh, and I, I must admit, I've been guilty of, of saying this before. Oh, you know why DJ's playing here because RBC, one of his sponsors, he's only turning up for to get his money or whatever, do his duty, but. You look at his record, it's not actually that bad. There's no standout performance, but he does come here and finish sort of 13th, 17th, does okay. I just think his, and his numbers were good last week, Tito, but I just think here, he's there to cash in on a Cameron Smith who could just be a bit flaked out by everything. So he's going to be the first leg of a three ball that I'm going to put up. If you note that down in your notes. So D- DJ to beat Cam Smith. Yeah, and DJ's actually the outsider at 21 to 20, so quite, I was quite pleased with that. Um, okay. The second one, again, these, this is a player who was involved in the heat of battle, Sung Jae-im, um, last week. He was third, wasn't he, going into the final round? And you thought, will, that be, will this be his big moment? 
didn't quite work out the way. I had a, I had a great week, but again, it's he was under the gun, wasn't he? Because he was the first round leader. All eyes were on him, and then he was third with a round to go. He could still be the man to wear the green jacket. So he's had a tough week. So I'm going to take him on with someone who just had an average week there, Russell Henley. Russell Henley's played a lot of good golf on these sort of coastal tracks. He's won the Sony Open, um, so it does suit his game. And I just think he's another one who can cash in on a rather tired Sung Jm. What price is Russell Henley? Ten to eleven. Ten to eleven. I, I just just before you because we've got video now. I love the way Sung Jm swings because he comes back so slowly, doesn't he? deliberately. He doesn't then, pause the room. Yeah. I think he's like. Is my telly broken, hasn't it? <laughs> um, then the final one, this, here's another bit of theory. So I don't know if you saw the um, clip of Tyrrell Hatton that I put up. Because uh, the Masters app, you could literally pick your player and, and go on the video and find a, a video of every hole they've played, as I'm sure you found out. So I'd noticed on Tyrrell Hatton's scorecard that he'd racked up an eight on 13. So I thought, oh, I can't help but be a bit of a voyeur here and see what went wrong and see if he famously blew his top. I think he'd gone to the great, I think he'd went into race Creek with his third, maybe. And then he was on the back of the green with his fifth. So about stage steam is coming out of his ears. Then his six is put from long range for his six, went quite a long way past the hole. And at that point he cracked and he started sort of firing a pretend gun off. Like it went boom, 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 like that. He just said, oh, don't do that. And it, it was it, one of those ones, I, th- I put it on Twitter and thought, oh, this will get about seven likes. And it got nearly 3,000 and caused quite a bit of consternation of people saying, he should be banned from Augusta. He should be banned for life and all this. And others were saying, what a guy. That's, you know, he's the everyman. That's what we do. I didn't really have a strong opinion either way. It's just, just there you go. But I don't know if you... Did you follow the snooker the other week when Robert Milkins rather disgraced himself in Turkey? He kind of got very, very drunk. Yeah, yes. I did see that. Yeah, he fell over and he was had his stomach pumped. It was just a bit, <laughs> bit of a disaster for the poor guy. Um, and he said, "Oh dear." And then the following week, he only goes out and wins a a big ranking event. It's almost as if like something, some like sort of guilt has kicked in. That oh god, right, I better. Uh, better shake that off and get you know present a better version of myself and he did it you know in the best possible way so I think Han sometimes you think oh maybe his head's gone but Han when his head's gone he can quickly bounce back and produce really good stuff afterwards so he's up against Joaquin Neiman who who again someone who who got a bit of attention at the Masters because he started ever so well but then faded away I just think Hatton plays this course well um, he does well on coastal tracks Tyrrell Hatton I just think the the big driving force in this match bet is that the slightly sort of uh, I've messed up there, and I think Augusta National messes with his head. He, he was by the end of it, he was just mentally shot to pieces. I think he'd be so happy to turn up at a course like this, which is far less punishing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to play on that, and and again, he's the outside. I know Neiman's a, an excellent player, but so is Hatton. Hatton is 21 to 20 to win that match bet, so I thought he was worth pursuing rather than thinking oh you know his head's not in the right place he won't be any good this week I think he actually will because he was all a bit at sea last week mentally so you put that you put those three into a uh, a treble so that's DJ to beat Cameron Smith that's Russell Henley to beat Sung Jae and that's Tyrrell Hatton to beat Joaquin Neiman 
and you're getting just over seven to one. Mm. That's about three six five. So um, you can get on that both sides of the Atlantic, which is good. So that was a decent little seven to one treble. Just before we move on, Joaquin Neiman, I I was really impressed with him because we talked about him in the preview about maybe playing with Tiger might phase him and it didn't, did it? He looks like he's he's got it between the ears, isn't he, that fella? Yeah, definitely. He's um, someone who could scribble in your notebook for next year's Masters or future Masters because I think that's that's a course he should do well on. He won at Riviera in spectacular style. Yeah, I expect him to win again, uh, but, but not this week. He's the only one of the um, players on the tour that's uh, won a tournament outside of Cam Smith and uh, Scotty Scheffler so far, hasn't he? I think there's been six and he's the only one that comes in. Scotty Scheffler's now got, f- well, three PGA plus the Masters and um, Cam Smith have got two and Wacken Neiman have got the other. There's a few others, like Sepp Stracker's won one. I can't remember them all, but yeah, he's... Oh, that, that, was, that was a test to see if you could reel them all off. Anyway, you failed dismally. This is Late Tea Time, the golf betting podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So that's the treble. Seven to one just over with Bet365 for DJ, Russell Henley and Tyrrell Hatton. Is there anything else you've got for me this week before we disappear and say goodbye to our lovely watchers and listeners? That was it, really. The the only one, the only person I was close to putting up um, because... I can't claim particular credit for this, but I think you said it at the start that is there anyone out there who's got a particularly good record at the week after a major? There's a couple I've seen um, on Twitter doing the rounds that one of them in Corey Connors has got a good record the week after a major. He's bound to win this week because I backed him twice during the Masters and he let me down just. Oh, there you go. Then that's uh, that's all we needed. Some little link to uh, your betting patterns. But he's 30 to 1 this week, Corey Connors. Again, he would. Although he was up there last week, never to a point where he thought, "Oh, it's his to lose" or anything. I followed him quite closely because I I got money on him. Yeah. And every time you thought he was starting to shuffle himself up the leaderboard, he got a bogey and disappeared back again. He never yeah. really had any sustained pressure on the top end. It was a good week for him. He's clearly playing some good golf. And I just thought that record after the after a major might just kick in. He's thirty to one eight places at William Hill, so we'll have a little. Have a little half a point each way on him as well, I think. So, Corey Connors goes onto the list at 30 to 1. And uh, DJ, 21 to 20. Russell Henley, 10 to 11. Tyrrell Hatton, 21 to 20. If you put them in a uh, an acca, a treble, 7 to 1 with bet 365. Dave Tyndall, hopefully by the time we resume again next week, we will be both 100%. I'm still yes. feeling a bit tired and weak and and, right. and and pitiful, but I am a man and I do tend to milk it. But uh, it'd be very nice to actually get back to a full throttle. And a good to see you again on the uh, Late Tea Time Pod. Follow us on Twitter at Late Tea Time Pod and uh, get involved as well. When we do these live videos, you can play your part and we yet to really hit the ground with these, but uh, you can comment on the way through, put up your best bets, tell us how you're betting, ask any questions of the, the mighty Dave Tyndall as well as we go through these shows and then the audio version of the podcast will come out later on today. Dave Tyndall, 
Good to see you. Cheers, James. And uh, thanks, everybody out there, for watching and listening. Gamble responsibly, of course, as always. And we'll see you next week. Enjoy the RBC Heritage. And uh, good luck with all of your bets. Always gamble responsibly. Visit BeGambleAware.org for more information. Podcast Network.